he's the owner of the most educated feet in professional wrestling. Some would call him the professor. Some might call him infamous. We call him the host of the show. And I mean, <laughs> folks, where's the lie? It's time for the Undisputed Podcast with Bobby Fish. And we are back with a new show, very somber show. At least the start. We tribute... Pay homage to the legendary one, star of Roadhouse, mm. NWA champion, ECW yeah. champion, Terry Funk, the and the creative one, the Funker, arguably one of the best characters of all time, and from what I hear, an even better person, yep. Mr. Winder Matunda, you know him as Bray Wyatt. Yeah. Yeah, I, I, you know, the stuff that I've seen uh, has really, it's been hard not to uh, have somewhat of a reaction to. Mm-hmm. There was something I saw Seth Rollins do um, where he spoke to the, the house crowd. Hi, baby. Um, hi, dear. And uh, hi, dear. Hi, or no, hi, dear. No. Hi, deer. I was responding. Oh, there was... are. There's lots of deer in upstate New York. There are. You're right. There, there is. Anyway, um, and it was really, you know, it was it was quite heartfelt. You could you could just see, um, and the crowd was doing the firefly thing while Seth was uh, talking to him. And, was that the the stuff from the house show that he did? I think it was. I think it was just for the house. Yeah, he did. Uh, he did the corner thing. You know how Bray used to sit, like hold on yeah. to the corner and bet. He did that during the match, and he did the spider mm. walk too. I didn't see that, but that's awesome. Yeah, that's great to see. Um, he started his promo last night with Yowie Wowie on Raw. Oh, nice. oh, I didn't. I didn't see that part. No kidding. Yeah. Yep. Yeah. I. I. The thing that immediately strikes me is. Um, you know, the, the wrestling business gets, you know, it takes its shots and rightfully so sometimes like the, the dirt sheets and all the bullshit. Um, but when you see the like universal reaction that, um, that Wyndham has gotten so many people and it's been nothing but positive. You know, and like, obviously somebody passes away. You you don't want to come out and like bash the person, but I'm just that you can tell how genuine this is. Um, I personally, and this is like, I'm not even about to make this about me because it's not, you know, I, I knew him in passing um, and any interaction or any time I ever was around him, he was nothing but positive. Um, and just um, just a credit to to what we do, and and like you said at the top of the show, Frank, you know the creativeness that came off of him and the originality from that whole. Well, I I don't want to. Again, um, yeah. What what are your guys' thoughts? Let's before I yes. just have diarrhea of the mouth. Oh, you're giving it to me. I, I, I yeah. I mean, I, mean, I let's just pass the diarrhea around. That sounds like a horrible idea. Although I think Frank's yeah, the only one. I does. think Frank's. 
and Frank you Shield know as much it. as as much as this is a like it's a somber kind of occasion right i i think you know we do somewhat a credit to him to to still laugh a little bit and um and joke um that was one of the things that i'll remember ab- about him even from way early on when i first met him um i think it, i think i first met him in tampa um Florida championship wrestling and uh, before like they did the um, what was the the gimmick that they 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 all came in as that group was Nexus 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 Nexus. yeah 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 yeah. so what do you think Dennis uh I mean that was that was a tough one obviously it's been a, a bad week losing Funk and and Bray but I you know I I mean, clearly, I didn't know the guy whatsoever. I just saw what we all saw on TV, the creative aspect of that guy and the character. Um, the Bray Wyatt character was so deep. And it was, you know, from what I understand, all his ideas, which I think is pretty damn impressive. Um, but everybody, all the stuff that I've seen online, like you said, it's been all positive stuff. His laugh was pointed out a number of times how people are going to miss his laugh. Just as positivity. That clip you sent me on Instagram uh, with Becky Lynch talking to the crowd last night after Raw and yeah. talking and talking about uh, the type of guy he was and, you know, going into that pay-per-view where he had his own match but was concerned about her going through the table match that she had to go through and helping her deal with that. So it's just, you know, the guy was clearly just a solid human. So it was, mm-hmm. it, it, it was tough. I mean, that was... Obviously, nobody was expecting it, but man, out of just out of nowhere, like I see, I think Frank sent us the tweet from Triple H, and it was like we're all just like, "What the fuck, really? What? How?" Yeah. So, sucks, sucks a lot. It does. Well, uh, credit to the WWE for putting together that SmackDown. I think this happened Thursday night. They turned around for a tribute <laughs> show together. Yeah. That man, I don't think any anybody anybody in the world could have put together a better show. Uh, the production well, team, the production, the production team was phenomenal. The video package, bringing back uh, Braun and um, Big Red, his band, yeah. his running mates, Red Beard. Red Beard. Yeah. Yeah. That was that was tasteful. Yeah. Well, I'll say this: um, nobody can circle the wagons the way WWE can, and that's a credit to. To Vince, you know, love him or hate him. It's a credit to Vince McMahon. It's a credit to Triple H. It's a it's a credit to a lot of people. Um, I've heard great things, uh, and I've never met the man, but Nick Khan. Um, I keep hearing great things about the guy. So, um, you know, WWE does it, it. It's not for everybody, but you can't deny when it's. Comes down to circling the wagons. Nobody does it really any better. I give a lot of credit to pretty much all of the uh, promotions that are out there that paid tribute to him. And on top of that, there was like soccer teams or, excuse me, football clubs that paid tribute to him. And it, it was literally beautiful, man. everywhere. You know, I think, was it AEW kicked off their Friday night show with a tribute to him or their Saturday show with a tribute to him? And yeah, it was the Saturday show. Yeah, because I think Friday's taped, right? Yeah. So, well, uh, I mean, at the end of the day, like a guy like Wyndham kind of 
crosses all of those lines because he is a good human being and he lives his life that way. And he um, just brought like goodness. And I'm sure he had his bad days. Like I said, I, I didn't know him well enough to, to know of those days, but I know from early on, um, you know, his athleticism too, for a guy that big. Yeah. Um, and he was a ball player, you know, like I, I met him when he, before he had come up with the Bray Wyatt thing, whatever. And he was kind of figuring some of that out. Wasn't um, he Husky Harris or something like Husky, that? Husky Harris with Nexus, but he was somewhere in between the two. I think when I met him in Tampa, um, and he was working with Dusty, if I remember correctly, and like hashing out this character. And all I knew about the character was that it was loosely similar to uh, De Niro in Cape Fear. Um, and then all these years later for it to be, I mean, I thought once I saw the character, like I thought the pairing of him with Brody Lee Oh, yes, yes, yes. Yeah. And beard and like the whole thing, like it just, it was one of those that you're like, mm, you don't, you just shake your head. Like, yep, something about that on screen is working. I don't know what it is, but it it is, um, and I don't, I don't even know why I point out this coincidence or whatever you want to call it, but, you know, for Brody and for Wyndham, to be gone um, so young and for them to have been that, you know, just revolutionary of a, of a gimmick at a, at a time and, and like a one of one, you know, no, they weren't based on anybody. Like you can say like Cape Fear, De Niro, but it, it well, you know, I mean, when you talk about it, it got into like The Fiend and the fun house. And like, I mean, we're talking layers upon layers, but for both of those guys to be gone, for it to have like a, a dot connection of some kind to COVID. Yeah. It just, it really sucks, you know, because wherever yeah. you fall on the COVID conversation, you know, and how much <laughs> of it real and drubbed up and bullshit and blah, blah, blah. Like who cares? I just know two really um, genuine and, and good human beings are, are not here and they leave families behind like wives children um, you know and these were two good men that were leading their families and and leading other people it's uh yeah it's 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 such a shame for sure yeah it was what's crazy I didn't know this until like he was well into his career, but it's Mike Rotundo's kid. If you look at Wyndham, he doesn't really resemble Mike Rotunda. I mean, Mike Rotundo's an all-American wrestler at Syracuse. I wouldn't yeah. put Bray in that class, but he's a hell of an athlete. Well, it's um, Bray and uh, Bo. Um, Bo, you know, and and um, I. So what? What? kind of circles it for me is i was a i was a big fan of uh rotunda and Wyndham as a tag team 
like the first WrestleMania and stuff. That that captivated me. Um, Trivia question: That was the original theme song of Real American. Was it? Yeah, that's it where it came from. Yeah, it was. It was. How cool is that? But Rotunda was a guy that you know he wasn't a great body guy. He was just kind of big, but good athlete which a lot of amateur wrestlers are, you know, you'll see a lot of amateur wrestlers do a nip up. And, you know, these are things that over the years were considered super athletic by pro wrestling standards. Arguably the most underrated wrestling family of all time. The Rotundas. The Rotundas. You, you branch out the Wyndham's. Well, the way, yeah. I mean, Mike, Mike and Barry, I believe are brother-in-law's. Yes. Yeah, yeah, they are. They are. They are. There's a connection like that too. Yeah. You got Blackjack. You got Barry. Yeah. I mean, you're talking three full generations. You just, you know, talked about there, and they talk about generations. I mean, there's the segue, the Funks. Like, who's more uh, legendary? And my wife knows of Dory Funk because my wife's from Ocala. Yeah. My wife's from Ocala. That's where the the Funkin Conservatory, I, mm. I, I think, was at one point. But any, regardless what it was, my wife, growing up, like knew that. Oh, yeah, there's this like funk, um, wrestling school, and so she wasn't sure, you know, like if it was the guy that had the school or not. And I explained to her like, yeah, it was her brother or his brother. And um, somebody posted, it was uh, Sammy Zane posted something on Twitter. Did you see it, Frank? What was it? Well, I, I ask you because you're the. Uh, you're well, the, Sammy Zane's posted you're the man be, You're the man behind the, uh, the, the Twitter mask. That is me. Yeah. Well, you know, I don't know how forthcoming we'll be, but whatever. Um <laughs> so Sami Zayn posted um a clip and it was Dory and Terry. And it was from Japan. I want to say it was big uh, all Japan days, and it was a tag tournament that they had won. And uh, you know the the yes you've seen like the huge uh, Stanley Cup looking trophies giant it's yeah. huge and uh, it was that kind of thing and Dory standing with Terry and I believe they both spoke a little bit in this promo um, to the Japanese crowd who probably understands very little but it's it's just screaming <laughs> which is not the norm for a Japanese crowd. And uh, then Terry, you know, who did more of the talking, which is the norm. I mean, Dory was pretty quiet, um, ma'am, but Terry gets super emotional. And, you know, I dare I say anybody to watch it and be like, oh, well, that wrestling stuff is fake. Well, it wasn't fake to him. No. And, you know, and, and he, came, he came up, they came up a wrestling family. So for these... For these people, for the Cody Rhodes and and for the um, Wyndham Rotundas and for the Terry Funks of this world, like pro wrestling is as real as it gets. And so Sammy posted something that said pro wrestling um, 
something about how beautiful it was that few things in this world could be as beautiful as pro wrestling sometimes or something to that effect. Yeah. And it was that. And it, and it was like, so it, I, I got stuck thinking about it for a little while. And uh, to think that that Japanese crowd reacted the way they did to these two brothers from Texas speaking English, like speaking a language that they, they either kind of understand or don't understand at all. But the emotion just translated. You had Japanese fans in the crowd crying. I Some of them might not even know what the fuck he was saying. <laughs> <laughs> but it's still translated somehow. So like, yeah, I mean, at first you look at it and you think to Sammy, like, oh, oh I don't know. Is it, is it, are you being a little dramatic? But it's actually not, you know. I mean, the more I thought about it, I was like, he's potentially spot on. When uh, were you guys first introduced to the Funker? Not literally, but figuratively. Um, for me, it was uh, Hulkamania. Yes, <laughs> it was, for me too. Things. It was eighty five, um, eighty six. He was feuding with the Junkyard Dog with the, yeah. with Dory, yeah. and then uh, the legendary one, Jimmy Jack Funk, came about. I do remember Jimmy Jack Funk. Who I don't do you know the the story of that? Like is Jimmy Jack Funk? I should know, right? I'm sure, but I think kind of don't. He was Jimmy Jack. He, he's not a funk. He's Art Bar. Oh, it what was it? Art Bar? It's not. Or, no, no. Art. That's it's Arch. It's Arch brother Jesse Arch Bar. Arch brother. Okay. Yeah. Yes. Okay. That's what it was. All right, and that makes sense. That makes sense. I made a comparison of. Um, Dominic to Art Bar recently. Dominic Mysterio. Yes, yes, yeah, yeah, yeah. He's doing the frog. And it that's, you know, Eddie did that in honor of Art Bar. And maybe it's the mullet and kind of the tassels on the pants. But it would not shock me if if, uh, Dominic were to come out and say like that he's taken some of the inspiration from I mean that would be a question I'd like to ask Dominic is do you, you know do you have a is there a little bit of a tribute going out to Art Bar Eddie and, and Art Bar with your your current um uh offering of movesets yeah not even movesets but like even like his everything I mean, we all have our insp- our ins- inspirations, you know, some more than others. L.A. Knight allegedly is, you know, the <laughs> copycat of the world. Anyway, I think he's... Now, there you know, was a good promo from Friday night, part really? of the fun, when he came out and was real, real during his first part of the promo about Bray Wyatt. Oh, That really? was, it yeah. was, go I'll back go, and watch that one, and, and that was... Yeah. From the heart, it was real. And then he, he just literally seamlessly cut into a promo about Miz. It was really, it was pretty cool. Yeah. Well, I mean, I listen, we've said it before. And, you know, your crush on the man aside, <laughs> I think he's super talented. And anybody who's not willing to, um, you know, who's not willing to acquiesce to that concept, I'm not sure we can be friends. <laughs> I just, you know, 
don't be a hater. And he he closed the promo too with a he kind of he did his thing, and it was you know with everybody saying L.A. Night, and then he was like, wait a minute, after everybody got done yelling, and then he came back to a wise man once told me, next time you see me, run, and that's how he clo- that's how he closed his promo. Yeah, I mean that guy's a pro, dude. He's a pro. And anybody who's not down, you know, for with that, that or... we got two words for you. <laughs> yeah. But back to Terry Funk a little bit. I don't want to veer too far. I also remember Terry being one of the first uh pro wrestlers to make like a legitimate um Hollywood a little bit of a Hollywood move, but but he was in um what was that Stallone movie? Over, over the, the top. top. Over the yeah. top. <laughs> yeah. yeah. He was in Over the Top. Uh, he was in uh, Patrick Road, Swayze. Roadhouse. 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 Yeah. Um, great, great movie. Great movie. Yeah. But, you know, and it, it also makes you realize, too, like how big some of these guys are or how little some of Hollywood is. But you see these guys, you know, you see Funk, who was, um, you know, legendary, but a bit smaller when it came to, like, him and Hogan getting in the ring. But then you look at Funk on the set of one of those movies, and you're like, Jesus, he's a giant, (laughs) you know. And the Funker, too, was a good football player. West Texas State. The yes, home sir. of legends. Yeah. I believe Tito Santana came from there. Also, the quarterback yeah, was none other Tully Blanchard. Yeah, yeah. A lot of lot of football. Uh, a lot of pro wrestlers transitioning to football from none other than West Texas State. I want to say, was it Dick Murdoch or or? Uh, I think. Dickie Murdoch did. I say Dickie like he's we're good yeah. friends, but Dickie. Dickie Murdoch. Uh, I do like some of those old classic names. I'm partial to that one because of my dad, but you know, you don't get a lot of Captain Redneck. You don't get a lot of that these days. You know, there's not a lot of people that are um, ballsy enough. See what I did there to name their son. Richard and go, yeah, we're gonna call him Dick. <laughs> <laughs> if I was to have a son, I think I'd do it. But I have all girls, and I'm not naming a girl Dick. That's nice of you. Yeah, that'd be That's that'd be cool. Crazy. Very thoughtful. What was your introduction to the old funker there, uh, D Scott? Dude, to be honest with you, I don't even really know. I think one of the only things I really remember was when he was in the dumpster and got thrown off the stage. <laughs> he won the tag team stocking. When he wore Chain- the stocking over his head. Chainsaw Charlie. Yeah. Wasn't it? Was it him and Mick Foley both in the dumpster, or was it yeah, just? Yeah. Yeah. That was against yeah. DX, I believe. Yeah. That's that's really all I remember. I somehow Frank has like you well and Bobby does too the memories are terrible mine is as well I don't I, so I really don't remember that shit like all the old wrestling I remember watching Saturday Night Main Event but it was more yeah like the Hogan stuff the, the British Bulldogs the Killer Bees yeah. yeah but 
Yeah, Funk was. I mean, he was circuit. He circulated it for a little while. I don't. I don't think he stayed in what was called New York at the time, New York territory, uh, very long. But he had a couple of ins and outs, um, and that was definitely the first place I saw him. I, I wasn't enough of a wrestling fan at that time to know his history and stuff prior to that. Like I, I didn't know he was. Show. I didn't know he was the NWA champion before that. No, then, fast no. forward, he shows up on NWA TV one Saturday morning, or where the hell it was, Saturday night. Yeah. And he's feuding Ric Flair all of a sudden, and they had this epic battle that culminated down the street from us. The yeah, Army I was House. just going to bring that up. Really, you've brought that up a few times. It's one of my favorite matches of all time. Literally, it's. I will yeah. watch that. I love how it transitioned to. Flair, the Hawks are becoming good guys, and yeah. the whole thing. Uh, that's and if you ask anybody who was in that match or in that time period, it's their they hate it because Jim Hurd was in charge of WCW at the time. They always yeah. piss on that part of it. I've heard the match fondly remembered by quite a few people, though. Um, and it was definitely, uh, you know, for me, like kind of opened up my eyes to Funk's um, ability and just his history and all that stuff because the WWF version that we got was, you know, I'd say maybe upper middle card. You it was know? cartoony. It was cartoony. It was Terry Funk, the cowboy guy. Right, where his career in Japan and his career in the NWA and and through those territories and the territory system, I mean, he was he was Hulk Hogan, you know, yeah. to to what we we thought of a, a successful pro wrestler. So, and in Japan, I mean, like the man literally is like a pop culture part of pop culture, like an icon. Um, and I so I met Terry once at a hotel. I don't I may have like encountered him more than once, um, but never m too much conversation. But I do remember the the hotel time. It might have been like a Howard Johnson's or something. It was one of these not so great hotels, but he was just, um, you know, as nice and polite as can be um had a certain like southern little bit of charm to him um and you could just you could just see it it just he he oozed um just like you know i'm, I'm i do this job well and i'm a fucking man like <laughs> don't if you need to be slapped, I'm the guy that'll fucking do it. <laughs> <laughs> you know, and I think that some of those guys are are you know sorely missed because today's product. I think there are some some people who you know could use a good slap, and I and I'm you know I'm not talking about full on like assault, but just like a. This is an open hand, disrespectful fucking <laughs> put you in your place like your father just smacked you, sort of smack. And I, I think it would it would help 
with some of these people to understand, like, you know, I don't know. There's just so you need a, you need a Terry Funk at every lock, an enforcer, if you will. I would say, yeah, I would say, yeah, yeah, why, of course. I think that you have, you know, you have a guy that's got that much respect, but at the same time, he's he's a nice human being, and he leads with that. Um, and they come in all different shapes and sizes, and who knows? I mean, you think about, like, Harley was kind of that, too, but Harley was a bit rougher around the edges, I think, than uh, Terry where Harley was a little bit more of, you know, like Terry just seems a little bit quieter. Um, I don't know. I mean, I don't know any of these people like real well, but this is, this is the impression I have of them. And uh, yeah, man, he'll be, he'll be sorely, sorely missed. I love, this is a personal note to it. Kyle, one of the things Kyle gets a lot of, you know, um, or was used to get a lot of attention for is how well he could transition to certain kinds of selling. Because we did, we both did a pretty straightforward, serious, like kick your ass sort of martial arts gimmick. But Kyle would be taking, you know, taking some heat. And out of nowhere, he pulled that wobbly knee cell that Funk does. <laughs> <laughs> and it would always get mentioned. And it was always like, it was always a favorite of mine. And it's just interesting to see like, you know, all these years later, totally different gimmicks. Nothing that would remind you of uh, Terry and Kyle at all but yet that was one of the things that stuck out to kyle and he was like you know i'm gonna borrow it <laughs> i'm gonna borrow it and there's nothing wrong you know like in that instance that's one of those instances where it's like it's cool it's cool that you you know you borrowed it you didn't lift what? it you didn't and it was a it was a sell <laughs> like until you, you know. mismentioned that that never dawned on me that that's where it came from where it oh, maybe yeah. came from. i'm like I just thought it was a good, good spot. I don't know. Yeah. Which no, I, should, which I, I mean, I, I should recognize like that. Yeah. 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 Do better, Frank. Do better. Yeah. No. Fucking slacker. <laughs> Goddamn slacker. I mean, you know, Kyle and I had many a conversation, obviously. We're getting the tag team thing going. And, uh, yeah. That was one of the things. And, and he would pull it out at the most opportune times. Um, you know, that wasn't an every match sell for Kyle. You know, wasn't like, oh shit, this is getting over. So I'm gonna, I'm gonna do it. You know, and I just gotta find a spot in every match. It's getting me over. And then that's again why I say, you know, weeks ago, like with uh, LA Knight, the guy's getting over. So shut the fuck up, because <laughs> it's a very hard, nuanced thing to do. And that was one of the things that I think helped get Kyle over. But then it's still very much a delicate balance. He started finding a few of those things and he added them to his his uh, presentation and the shit worked. And it, it was very juxtaposition to his offense, his technical, 
you know, aggressive martial arts offense. And then he does the wobbly knee cell and falls <laughs> off the ring apron. You know? <laughs> and people loved it. <laughs> and I loved it. You know, I mean, Kyle's probably my favorite wrestler. You heard it here first. You heard it here first. Yes, you did. I, I said it here first. Yeah. <laughs> oh, are you talking to the people? You're talking to, oh, you're talking to them. Yeah. Top of the, you, top of the masses. Back Terry Funk, though. He was okay. an, also an integral part of the rise of ECW. Because he was that locker room leader in a locker room filled of not ready for primetime players. And yeah. he made invented their first pay-per-view in a three-way dance with Stevie Richards, I think the Sandman was in that too. Mm-hmm. I think I, I had the members mixed up, but he was part of that. Yeah. Well, I think what you had, you know, with Funk, with Dusty, you know, and, and the come up of ECW was them seeing kind of that outlaw renegade value in what ECW was. And, and that's what Dusty and Terry Funk were at different places at different times of their career. And so I think they identified with it and they thought like, okay, well, if I can give a little rub to this, I'm, I'm behind this. Like I, I want to see this do well. I, I like to fight the machine a little bit. And I think that that's what you had with, with both of them, you know, for sure. Yeah, I think as we wrap up the tribute to Funk and uh, Bray, both universally liked by everybody. I mean, we say that, but that's I think that's genuine. Well, um, and I mean, downright loved. Like, I, you know, I'm not afraid to say that that's what I'm seeing these people and guys like Becky. Well, Becky's not a guy. She is the man. But she's so girls like Becky and guys like her husband, Seth, um, people like Sami Zayn, Kevin Owens, you know, um, Corey Graves, um, you know, different people that have given their tributes and their their honest feelings on the man. They came from, you know, spending time with uh, with Bray, Wyndham, whatever you want to call him, but like on the come up. Like during the early NXT days, during the um, Florida Championship Wrestling days, when we were all, you know, or when people were grinding. And there's a certain bonding that takes place. You know, Frank, you've done double sessions. You know that bonding experience. I mean, truly, that's where it comes from. It's like shared suffering bonds people together. So... I think that that's what you're seeing play out and the quality of human being that he was Mm -hmm. is on full display when these people talk about him. Because like, if you watch that one with Becky, I, she didn't, she, that was not a promo. She was not promoing a little bit, not even, not even a touch. That was just a, a, a girl sitting down, somebody, you know, putting a microphone in her hand and her just recollecting, this person and it was beautiful like downright beautiful just uh like you know i it gave me chills um 
that gave me chills. It's what we call the good stuff. Yes. Yes. Uh, horrible situation. Um, tragic in every way possible. Um, Terry Funk leaves behind family members. Um, Wyndham leaves behind family members. Um, most importantly, a, a wife, and I believe it's four children that, um, you know, lose uh, who was a wonderful father, first and foremost, because that's what we all are. Firstly, on this planet, when we have children, um, and uh, that's really the the tragedy in in all of this. The the recounting of the talent that that he and Terry Funk were. That's that's the silver lining, and um, that's a credit to what they did with their time on this planet. And their time on this planet was was uh, too brief for for Wyndham. Um, you know, not to say that like, oh, well, <laughs> Terry should have gone. But I mean, Terry is quite a bit older, um, lived lived a long time and uh, can't say that from everybody in this industry. It uh, can be slim pickings. To put a cap on it, though, um, they're interviewing, in they were putting, they're interviewing uh, Gals and Anderson, just getting their perspective on things and. They Gallo said the first time he met Wyndham was at in Florida, and Dr. Tom said, "Show these boys a good time." And as you probably know about Gallows, he took him to a uh, gentleman's establishment for the night. <laughs> yeah. So then, years we'll say years later, they're doing a tour of Japan. Now Anderson's involved in everything, and I guess Anderson's got some guy friend over there who gives him gifts. Well, then they chopped the shit out of the, the friend and their suplex and said friend on the bed. And I don't know, Bray's throwing around and just being crazy with him. But that they said that's how he was. He was a fun loving dude. Yeah. At the party. Yeah. Um, he was very, very. I will just say this because, again, it's not about me and my experience with him, but he was just very, very nice to me every time i was ever around him never once was uh you know never never once did i walk away feeling like oh i don't i don't know i i wonder with him like nope he always let you know like yeah man we're cool you you knew it so well said well said well said any touches mr scott d scott no good I got nothing. <laughs> well I said. Like, I feel like Frank at the end of the show. I don't know. Yeah. I'm done. Yeah. Yeah. So there was a uh, wrestling event this past Sunday in uh, good old uh, Wembley Stadium. An event that... Um, the, the largest pro wrestling event in the history of pro wrestling. Well... Huh? Is it a History of pro wrestling or history of um, UK? I think it's it's got to be UK because didn't they put ninety six thousand in the the dome? That's what I thought. Pontiac Silverdome was yeah. ninety three thousand. Ninety three thousand. They're they're listen. Everybody was saying with all the shit that I saw, biggest event ever. 
People Cut. say a lot of things about pro. Well, Hulk Hogan, I think. No, it wasn't Hogan who the, the fucking man who you know walked on water and invented pro wrestling. Whoa, 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 whoa! <laughs> all true things. All true things. <laughs> you know, well, yeah, obviously he invented everything. He figured out everything according to him. Which he this actually, is, oh, and this oh, is like blasphemy oh, on the show too, by the way. Because all, all we do is talk about how we're Hulkamaniacs, and now we're right. Like, well, I mean, part of the I first became a Hulkamaniac when he invented the telephone. Oh, that makes sense. That I was mean, Hogan. Yeah, that was. I'm Hogan. pretty pretty sure that's what he told Rogan. Yeah. Well, before he invented he was, the cotton gin too. Yes. Oh, nice. But before he was wrestling, he was playing the bass guitar in a band that opened for the Rolling Stones with Steven Seagal. Correct. <laughs> Steven Seagal. <laughs> yeah, he plays guitar too. He's a fantastic musician. Yeah. I think Who Steve knew? Kern, I think Steve Kern was on the tambourine. Sounds about right. You know who Steve Kern was? Am I supposed to? The Fabulous Ones. Um, <laughs> Frank, he was Skinner. Frank, Skinner. Frank, he was Skinner. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. Okay. But no, that's, I saw it a couple of different times. It was the biggest wrestling event ever. Okay. Well, I mean, I, I'm not here to deny it. I just, I remember as a kid, Pontiac Silverdome. Yeah. It was I always said that it was 90 something. Um, I want to say 93,000, but don't quote me on that. It was in the 90s. We can all agree it was in the 90s, which is a big difference from the 80s. 80,000 yes. they put in. Yeah, they, were two different, listen, they were two different decades. So, listen, I give credit. Bullshit. Somebody's bullshitting here. Well, you can. Uh, yeah. I think we all. Well, yeah. Okay. But so <laughs> either of you tune in and, and watch Didn't it. watch it personally. I was at an event, but I did follow it on the Twitter machine or the X machine, as I say, as the kids call it these days. Mm-hmm. I think it's and, uh, I think it's Elon Musk that calls it that. He's not really a kid, but. Yeah. Oh, Big E. Big E. Big E calls it that. Yeah, Big E. Yeah, apparently we're friends with him now too. Yes. Nice. Yeah. Not yeah. I didn't watch you it think either. Think those I'd... two are gonna fight? Elon and see. Zuckerberg. Yeah. No. Yeah. Nope. Yeah. What's in it for them? They well, yeah, it was. What is it? Was, it was. I'm pretty sure it was a charity thing. Um, they couldn't. It seems like they just couldn't come to terms with shit. I have. I don't know. And I've, I'm trying to figure out who. I mean, granted, the celebrity boxing has become a thing, but who's paying money to watch a UFC card with two rich white assholes fight that aren't <laughs> that aren't that aren't fighters? You know what I mean? Like, just I'll, two tell you, I'll tell you, I'll tell you where we would have. Well, I'll tell you where we would have watched them fight. We would have signed up and paid a ticket if we had to. The chalkies. The chalkies. Yeah. Come on. The Chalkies, yeah. Frank. Say it again. Sand Creek Middle School. The out, Chalkies. Out, out, out back behind the school. Come on. That's where all the fights went down. Yep. And eventually we threw keg parties there, right? <laughs> Didn't we? I, I, we may have. I was never at one, but oh. possibly. Yeah. But, well, if yeah. we're talking celebrity fights, um, I think we can go a little inside baseball here. Um, Deathmatch. Greatest colony fight of all time. Greatest communist fight? Colony. 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 
Oh, colony fight of all time. I don't yeah. know, Dennis. You want to go? You gotta. You gotta. I mean, we're really <laughs> dividing our audience here, boys. Yeah. For those of you that came <laughs> to listen about pro wrestling talk, yeah. hang tight. We'll get, we'll get we'll back, back to that. We'll get back to that. For those of you that didn't go to Colony School, <laughs> I apologize. Go get a drink right now while we reminisce. Or do movies. I did. Uh, I did see a pretty outstanding Greg Half Mike Mink fight outside of my social studies class, mm. and I want to say oh, I can't remember the teacher. He was, and I had him for homeroom. He came out. He was in. I think he was in Nam, and he came out and broke it up. I think he put Mike Mink in a chokehold. He like slid across the floor. Yeah. This and, is like, Sand Creek. No, this was. Uh, that was at the high oh. school. Oh, um, really? He like slid across the floor. And wrapped his legs around Mike and like put him in a chokehold and broke up the fight. Wow. It was it was an impressive move. That was more impressive than the actual fight. Oh, and I think Greg, I think Greg might have flipped Mike Mink over his like kind of threw him over his back because all I saw was feet go. It was great. Right. Ah. Okay. I was like, holy shit, what's going on? Yeah. Then I went about my business. Then I just walked away. I was like, well, okay, bye. <laughs> you don't want to overstay your welcome. Nope. Nope. All right, then we're back. All right. That was the colony portion of the show for all our guard and gold Raider fans out there. That was for you. There you go. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Yeah. But, but back to the uh, PP or yeah, I think it was pay-per-view. It's a pay-per-view. PP? pay-per-view. WWE calls it the premium live events because that's what they put on. So. Yeah. And I just call it PP or number PP. one. PP. I got to do number one. Excuse me. Okay. It sounded like a fart that came out of your mouth. Isn't that what a burp is? I mean, essentially. I guess. I don't know. I mean, because I have a feeling that that stinks like your butt. It didn't taste like my butt. Oh. Yeah, well, when's the last time you tasted your butt? <laughs> all great all great questions. All great questions. Let's get back yeah. to all in. Okay. All right. Let's, Let's go brush our teeth. Yeah. All <laughs> maybe, right. All maybe, in. Maybe get a mint. What else? What else are you hearing um, about the uh, the event? The attendance, obviously, a, a big thing. Uh, well, good received. hot crowd, good hot crowd, yeah. good matches. But like our good friend Eric Bischoff stated, like Dennis pulling it up before the show, it was a grand. How do you say a grand independent show? He said it was an indie show on steroids. Basically, is what it was. Mm-hmm. And it goes back to when I, I see like AE. anything on steroids. I'll be honest. You just you can, you know, put anything on steroids, and I like it. Hmm. All right, I like steroids. I go back to when I seen AEW live a couple months ago, and somebody behind mm-hmm. me had to describe what AEW was <laughs> for another fan who wasn't familiar with it, and he says. It's Chris Jericho and a few other WWE guys, but primarily it's the best, the best of the independent guys. And I'm like, wow. Yeah, I think he's right. Mm-hmm. He, he so was what right. did Jericho do? Didn't he wrestle Osprey? The, the matches were fantastic. I don't was think Osprey Jericho fantastic. Yes. The only match that I probably I'm I've only seen clips of every match as it was happening live some, somewhat. The only match I probably wouldn't have enjoyed was the Moxley, Eddie Kingston, that whole thing. I hate the spot where they – it looks like they're putting spaghetti in somebody's forehead. I don't, I, it might – it's like sticks. Yeah. yeah. They did this. I don't know. It's 
It looks stupid. I don't know what it is. It just looks stupid. No, I know the spot you're talking about. Um, I mean, I you know, there's a place for it. it I've had lots of friends that do the ultraviolet stuff. Uh, I think that, well, no, definitely not lots of friends. All right, that was a lie. I lied. <laughs> oh, okay. I was lying. But then again, depending on how you spin it, I've I've kind of lied my whole adult career. Like I'm a professional liar. I used to tell my kids, which I kind of am. Anyway, um, I don't, I just don't, it's not my cup of tea. And I'm just going to leave it at that because I don't knock any of those guys. And I, and I certainly see the value and the talent in Moxley and, Eddie Kingston, um, and I've never had a crossword with either of them. Um, I think I know Eddie definitely better than I know Moxley. Moxley's always been a little bit aloof, but I think that that's him. So um, at this point in my life, like I don't take that stuff personally. Um, I just think he's one of those people that kind of keeps to himself. Um, I know the spot you're talking about. I don't love it. But then again, you've never seen me do it. So that makes sense. Um, the ultraviolet stuff, it's its what it is, I guess. <laughs> I was never, never into it. I just, yeah. that is the definition of garbage wrestling. Yeah, I don't like it. What, uh, what else was... Um, what else um, is on the show? We had two out of three falls with uh, the with the Bucks and nope, that was a regular match. It was okay. a, it was a third of the a third of their trilogy okay. with FTR going over. Another good match. Um, okay. What else? Samoa Joe and um, CM Punk. Solid yeah, match. Please tell, please tell me to not try to GTS it. I don't Nobody know. did go over Samoa Joe. He did win the match. Right. Okay. And just no more GTS. <laughs> one that they put on Twitter. Come on. Please. That, yeah, that was a little. <laughs> yeah. I mean, Joe's a big man, but holy shit. <laughs> just, that, was, that was laughably awful. Um, but yeah, so he was that. Where did that fall on the card? Was that main? That event? was the that was the opener. The oh. main event was was MJF and your oh, friend, oh, right? For again, watching the clips as it was happening live, fantastic. Yeah. They bring yeah. Roddy yeah. Strong yeah. out. Yeah. Roddy Strong yeah. kicks, does the old dick kick. Yeah. And you think one of them's gonna turn? They they teased the whole. Ma- it was awesome. I w- I would have yeah. paid to see the event just for that match. Well, I think they they've got lightning in a bottle with huge, this. Huge, I think huge, that huge. they have. You know, they thought that they had something with this angle, and it would be a little bit of the odd couple. And it really has become more than I think anybody would have expected. And uh, I give them credit. I give Tony credit. I give AEW credit with like they're riding it out. They're seeing. Um, I don't think that it had a long term life no. originally, and I think that they're seeing the value in it. And they're like, okay, well, you know, we can always pull the trigger on the damn thing. Right. Um, 
let's ride this. Let's, let's, uh, let's see where it goes. And I got, I mean, that's, and maybe it, it could be because, you know, Tony's got big brass balls or it could be because he's like, he doesn't know what he doesn't know. And, and he, he doesn't know that like he shouldn't be doing it. So he's doing it, but either way, whatever the reason, um, it's creating good quality content. So, uh, much in the same way I feel about LA night getting over, like you kind of can't argue with it. Like just right. shut up and enjoy what's there. That makes me watch AEW Cause it's yeah. just, it's entertaining. It, it really it, is. Yeah. Those two, those just super talented. You know? And they get their, their, their chemistry is, is ridiculous. Yeah. You know, they, well, and they're not talented in a forced way. And I think right. that that's what you're seeing. Dennis is you're seeing two guys that their talent, both of them are talented enough to where you're just seeing a couple of dudes like that are aware of who they are in terms of this business. And so they just go out and riff. You know, and neither yep. one's afraid to take chances. So it's almost like they're daring each other to to one up the other. And that's good. You know, that's I, I agree, man. I, I've really what, enjoyed it. What's funny is um, Dave LaGreca from Busted Open had MJF on like a town hall type meet, sit down, interview with him. And they played clips of an interview he did with them in 2017. And the character that he was back then and the, the deal he does now, it's really not that much different. It might be turned up a few decibels, but it's crazy how it just – he really hasn't – he's evolved, I guess you would say. He hasn't changed the, the way he is. It's still the same asshole that he was back then. Yeah. But that, that's his deal, though. That's what he does. Right. Well, I mean, I think that that's a good character. I yeah. I think when you've got, and, and it's a good performer in that, like, you're aware of who you are and you don't necessarily change who you are for your circumstances. You might modify, but you, you there's no wholesale change until it's time. And, you know, that time may never come for him or it might come, you know, 10 years, 20 years down the road for him because he's a young guy like i don't know time will tell i it won't i i will say this like the mjf that you'll have i'm gonna say even five years from now will be just to varying degrees but different than than the one you have now for sure i think he's only gonna grow he's only gonna get better um I think him and Adam, you know, that, yeah, I mean, those are two guys that you're pretty sure you can, you can, you know, hook the cart to and expect for a good return. So I think the longer they keep them into this thing with each other, it's uh it's not a bad thing. Well, and, and they the, won the ROH, the ROH Chad Team Champions too. They did. And he did a, a kangaroo kick. MJF pulled off a kangaroo kick in that match. I think I saw something about kangaroo kick, but I missed it during the clip, so I wasn't sure what they were alluding to. It was something. It was it was basically a callback to a couple weeks ago or something like that, mm-hmm. and uh, 
He, they were he, prepping for Aussie Open, and yes. they were doing a whole thing with the Australian kangaroos and the whole kicking, the kangaroos kicking. That's yeah. where it originated the kangaroo kick. Yeah, so he did it. Uh, I think we should do it. I don't think I can do that, but I'm willing to sit here and watch you try. I'll give it a rip. I'll give it a <laughs> you. Yeah, I'm willing to sit here and watch you get up and try to do a kangaroo kick. I think we will finish up not with the kangaroo kick, but oh, we damn we, it. we'd be remiss if we didn't talk about our old buddy, our old pal, distant friend of the show, starting his old tomfoolery once again, Mr. CM Punk. Yeah, that that's the one thing that is extremely disappointing for AEW, I think, is they just had the biggest show of the company's lifespan. Uh, and it Again, not watching the show, but you know, I'm here. Like, even us just talking about how great the matches were. Uh, but the only thing people are really talking about is the bullshit that went on backstage, and that sucks for that company because mm-hmm. you you don't want to come off your biggest anything ever. And the only thing people are talking about is the horse shit. So Let, let's go based on what we've read with the dirt sheets. Which is all let's, we let, all we can go off of. Right. Let's we let's go. There. Let's humor them for just a few seconds. The one thing that I I read a little while ago was the fight took place near the gorilla position where Tony Khan was. So yeah. Tony Khan, the owner of this company, is right watching there. two yeah. of his performers almost kill each other, fight, mm. and there's monitors getting dumped in his wow. lap. Well, some people are this too, like some people. But let's face it, pro wrestling has a lot of uh, a lot of people that want to show. They're not necessarily that interested in being, but they want to show. They want to put on a show for the people that are watching, which could be their peers, could be, you know, their boss, could be whomever. Um, I don't think it's too much of a stretch to think that, like, Okay, you're attempting to give this impression that's not real, but then again, you've you've you know made a career of being something other than what you actually are. So it kind of goes hand in hand, you know, makes total sense, actually, but. I mean, I at at this point, the the stories are so all over the place. I mean, the like the the early reports were that you know uh, Perry walked up and bumped hit pump bump punk mm-hmm. and whatever. And then then the other then they're like, that's one side that's saying that. And I'm like, yeah, that's obviously it was clear to know whose side of the story that was. Um, and then the other one was that. Phil came up to Perry before he went out and it was, you know, do we have a problem? Yada, yada, yada. And either pushed or like shoved his head and then put him in a, uh, a, like a guillotine choke, like a standing guillotine. So prior to that, it was the hook and uh, Perry match before that, before that match. Yeah. Those two fought. And there was a spot where they used a winch with there was glass involved. And Perry said something into the um It's real glass, Crimea River, is what he right. said. Right. Right into the f- camera. Right. 
alluding to CM, something that CM Punk had said the weeks prior to Perry. There just seems to be too much backstage bullshit going on, is what it appears to be. They need Terry Funk-ish type enforcer. That's what they need. Well, Frank, we just went over the fact that he just passed away, so that we're not going to... Ish, like him. Oh, sorry. My bad. My my fault. Well, I mean, they, they had uh, at one time... The enforcer. They had Arn Anderson there. Um, I think Arn's still, I think he's still around there. I know Brock's there? still wrestling for them. So you know, about two years ago, Billy Gunn had said this in a blurb in a some interview he did. He goes, "The problem right now, AEW, is none of the young talent takes advantage of the guys that are backstage." And then you think about it. At one point, they had Arn Anderson. Tully Blanchard, Billy Gunn, uh, Blinn, all these other these guys. Dean Malenko's there also, and they never tapped into those resources. Well, at some point, they're going to be like Terry Funk, and they're going to be deceased. So you absorb the information when you get when it's at your fingertips. Mm-hmm. And until you take advantage of that, then that's going to be your downfall. Yes, sir. But because knowledge is power. Why did you have to yell that? I don't understand. <laughs> It's, asleep. it's Hulkamania. Was I? I am tired, man. <laughs> I am like, was I? I am, am I so burning both ends of the candle right now? <sighs> well, yeah. Well, well and that's... and and to wrap up that other bullshit conversation, I am seeing that he's either suspended and or he quit at the end of the night. So he's actually here. He's here Who? now. Phil, who's this? Phil, that he quit. He tried quitting allegedly before the match, and Samoa Joe had a talk with him into coming out because what was going to happen was they were scrambling backstage, and they went to FTR and the Bucks and like, hey, can you guys lead the show off because we may have a problem with this match? And they're like, well, no, we're not ready to go out right now. We, I, I'm assuming playing sports, you need to prepare for your for your deal. So they Samoa yeah. Joe talked Punk and hey, let's go do this and do some business. Fair, fair enough. <laughs> we On should, that note, yeah, we should we should wrap this up before he starts why, snoring. Did I fall asleep? <laughs> uh, guys, are you? You weren't snoring. <laughs> yeah. So, Frank. Uh, well, I mean, here's the thing, too. Is you, you're talking about <laughs> specifically about what? Nothing. Go ahead. Because I'm, I didn't. Because we didn't end it. No, I'm I'm not oh. really. <laughs> I was ready to, and you're like, well, hold on, hold on. I got a thought. I'm awake. I'm like, I got a thought. I got a thought. I'm just saying, my thought is this: is like you you got onto the subject of someone that like I don't I save my comments for. It's you know I said my piece one time way back when, and I've caught nothing but flack for it. And all it was for me was like, dude, if you're looking to fight everybody, like. Not to go very far if I'm there and I was there for a year, I'd be happy to indulge the man. Um, at my age, dare I say at his age, like is that what two grown men should be doing? No, probably not. But he's running around, you know, um, trying to fight. Um, Dylan McKay's kid from yeah. 90210. Like, you've yeah. Had, 
I don't know. That makes you kind of a bully, I think. Um, but you can't fight. So <laughs> I'm not sure you can be a bully if you can't fight. But hey, it is what it is. It's pro wrestling. You can do whatever you want. That is true. And for what it's worth, this might all be a work. Who knows? <laughs> it'd be what well, it'd be so I'd be so impressed. And I'd be so happy. It would really mean something. Like it would be it'd be awesome. It would be. I'd be down for it, but nice. Yeah. Noise. All right. All right. I should Let's go to bed. Yeah. Frank, what do you got? BobbyFishApparel.com for all your school needs. School clothes needs. For all good your school shirts. clothes. Come good. on, Frank. All your good school clothes needs. Hoochie Coochie Coo. Dennis, what do you got? Uh, nothing. I'm, I'm, I'm spent. I'm as spent as Bobby is. So on that note, Bobby, you know what it is. Say goodnight, Bobby. Good night, Bobby. Yeah. Good night. Oh.